Well, you've done it to yourself this time, haven't you? Am I dying, Louie? <laughs> From a slip disc? <laughs> That'll be a first. <laughs> I was in hell. I don't want to die, Louie. And I'll see what I can do about it. It's all pain. Straighten out your head. Relax. <laughs> you ever read my stack art? No. How'd you get your doctor without reading that card? Relax. Good. I'll turn over gently. Right side. The other right, okay? You're a regular basket case, you know that? Eckhart saw hell, too. You know what he said? He said the only thing that burns in hell is the part of you that won't let go of your life. Your memories, attachments, they burn them all away. But they're not punishing you, he said. They're freeing your soul. Relax. Good. So the way he sees it, if you're frightened of dying and, and you're holding on, you'll see devils tearing your life away. But if you've made your peace, then the devils are really angels freeing you from the earth. It's just a matter of how you look at it, that's all. So don't worry, okay? Okay? <laughs> okay. Relax. 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 And wiggle your toes. Come on, wiggle your toes. Perfect. We got it.
Friday Cinema Night Podcast live. Ready to rock. Travis Roy, Eric Branchrip, just the three of us. We're doing Jacob's Ladder. Does it hold up or not? I don't know. We'll find out. That's why we do the show. Thanks for coming by. Make sure you subscribe, follow, connect. Five-star rating, Apple Podcasts. Email the show. Cinema Nine Pod at ProtonMail.com. Travis Roy, uh, we actually got together last Friday to watch a movie together. How's, how about it? We did. You and I watched a film together along with our, our good friend Christian. So uh, that was that was fun. Watched a movie with, with human people. Yeah, I hadn't done that in a long, long time. It was pretty yeah, cool. That was cool. Yeah. That was cool. Yeah. And uh, and I got my booster, so I feel like I could be around humans again. So that's cool. Yay! Yay! It makes me happy. Good for you, buddy. Yeah, Whatever it's been a fun week. It's been Whatever a fun week. Whatever floats your boat. Whatever um, floats your boat. My boat is floating. He's got a boat float. It's a, it's a floaty boat, y'all. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Eric, how you doing, buddy? Doing great. Ever since I, since I went and managed my subscriptions to all these streaming services, and like, oh, I canceled, I canceled like twelve of them. I don't know how much money I must have been paying like five hundred dollars a month. It's so yeah. many that I do trials for, and I forget like epics. I'm oh paying God. seven bucks a month for CBS something or other. I'm like, what the fuck? What is this? All access? Yeah. I'm like, oh, I didn't right. need to do that. What are you guys doing? Come uh, on, guys. Don't, don't be. Don't fall prey to these schemes. Yeah, I don't pay. What is the, what is the streaming service I actually pay for? I'm trying to think. I'm not even kidding. I can't think of a single streaming service that I pay for. I'm really oh, thinking man. about it. Netflix, I pay for nope. HBO Max, and I'm happy to pay for uh, HBO Max. There's plenty on there. You like. do have HBO Max. That's how we watched the movie we'll talk about shortly. And uh, But I use nah. it. I've, I got... This is what friends are for, right? I, maybe That's what friends right. are for. What do you mean it's not right? Fuck film them. piracy. This is, no, no, no. This is not pay. film piracy. This is login <laughs> access. Login access is part of the... Then take their password. Come on. They're rich people. They're fine. If they were poor, I'd feel bad for them. But fuck it. Who cares? And they, if they're not complaining. They gave me the information. It's not like I held them hostage and said, Give me your fucking login! I mean, I, I have a pretty nice situation in that, and uh, me and my like ex from a few exes back, like I get access to her Netflix, See? and I think she stole my car. I'm not really sure what happened there. Oh. I just kind of lost a car somehow in her possession. So I, just, I think that's why I just still. I guess maybe Netflix for life. I don't know. I'm gonna write yeah, it out. Not even. <laughs> record, uh, no, not there's even. More, yeah. There's more information there though, Travis. Oh, he, yeah, he yeah, didn't have a license yeah, for a while, and he wasn't really driving reason. for years. Yeah. So yeah, get that makes Archie. more sense. Hey, Archie's. But yeah, yo, I don't even watch Netflix. I really, I guess, I think I have Luke's. Like Luke gave me his like six years ago, and I never even watch it. I never even log into Netflix ever. I am never. I feel like I'm way out of loop because I'm the guy who's never on Netflix. I mean, Hulu. I mean, I feel like Netflix doesn't have a ton to offer lately. Uh, They've been a little dry. I, I, you know, I watch stuff every, but, on there every now and then, but the I, Midnight Mass isn't that Netflix? Netflix? Midnight Mass was fantastic, and that's that was okay. very much on Netflix and and worth every one of my ex's pennies. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, uh, let's see, Disney Plus, I don't have that. Yeah, Hulu, I, that. I don't have that. Uh, I got, yeah, I got, I got these things. I don't, I don't mind having Disney Plus. I just watched uh, What If season finale, or I'm halfway through it anyway. Which was really uh, makes me happy. Oh, yeah, I watched uh, one episode of What If at your place. You did. I've never seen the show. So I actually didn't think it was that funny. I'm sorry. I didn't want to ruin it for you. That's all right. I could tell. (laughs) (laughs) That's what happens when you watch things together with people in real time. You can get the real reactions and you know the truth. It's a pretty cool feeling because I haven't done that in years. But we'll talk more about that. Uh, I haven't watched a movie with people here. Did you watch uh, movies with your girlfriend when you you guys go to Canada or when you go to Canada? We did do that. So that, but that had been years. Mm. So sort Mm. of. Mm. Even 
Yeah, yeah. I think, that, yeah, you're right. Okay. Anyways, uh, yeah, we're going to talk about quarantine viewing picks now. Yeah, and it counts. <laughs> we're going to share what we've been watching, what we'd like to recommend. Uh, I'd like to uh, first just do a joint one off the top here because I'd like to talk about the Saints of Newark. Oh, the, the many Saints of Newark? You watched it too, didn't you, Eric? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so, so, so we got Spoilers, some... by the way. It is early, so if you want to skip ahead, skip ahead now. Spoilers on many Saints of Newark in three, <sighs> two, one. So Go Mike ahead. and I are big Sopranos fans, as, as our friend Christian. So we were pretty excited to sit down and watch it. We all had kind of mixed feelings afterwards, or, or like we weren't like we weren't enthralled, but we could we, could, we weren't in love with it either. And I think that the my real takeaway from all this is that I like the Sopranos TV show, and I like being around my friends. So those things kind of clouded my judgment in the moment because of this movie I was not that great. Oh, yep. Lots, what do you I think? Go ahead, Eric. Well, you like oh, it? Yeah, I thought it was pretty. I thought it was actually. I'm sorry. I'm gonna be honest with you. I thought it was. Please do. Bad. I thought it was kind of <laughs> bad. I paused yes. it like 50 minutes in, and I'm like, okay, we're 50 minutes in. What what has happened so far in in this movie? Like nothing. Like like two genre cli- uh, two gangster cliches, and then so many more gangster cliches followed. Episodic plot. Great acting, but. Yeah. I, I don't understand why why this is a movie. It's 13 years too late. Mm-hmm. Uh, you could have done this same movie, and if it would have came out in 2009, it would have been like, oh, fuck yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's just too a little too late. Disposable. Should have been a limited series. Give me nine or ten parts, especially if you're going to do this other setup with the other gangs. It just fizzled out. Went nowhere. I mean, either, either the scenes that pertain to the show that we know were like, oh, here's a little like, okay, like you're showing us something that they talked about in the, in the TV show. Now we're seeing it. Okay. Or it has like nothing to do whatsoever with the Sopranos, but worse leads to pretty much nowhere in the film too, which is the real egregious thing here. That was uh, unforgivable. Um, So yeah, I don't know what to tell you. It's just disposable in my opinion. That's all I can say about it. Yeah. You know, after we watched it, we really had a healthy discussion. You know, that's classic. It's so great to, it's yeah, such it a nice. rare thing. We've done this most of our lives, but just been so long, you know, going to movies with the friends. I agree yeah. with Travis. I like going to movies by myself too, but there I are certain it. events where you go with friends, you know, big openings, like this. something everybody's like this, that everyone's looking forward to. And then you hash it out. As soon as you're walking out of the theater, you're like, oh my God. I remember when we saw Lincoln, we talked about a lot of it, Eric, oh. that night afterwards. Oh my God. And- yes. Yeah, there was a lot to discuss. Um, hell, I think uh, Laskowski, we saw, uh, I think it was a, it was a Marvel movie of some type. Uh, it actually, it was one of like, the shitty ones back in the day, like a Wolverine Origins. <laughs> it was terrible, but it was a big deal back then. Uh, and then you, you hash it out. And we hash it out on the couch. And, you know, I, wanted, I watched it as soon as I got home. I actually went I fired it up again that night because I was like, mm. okay, I want to. Did I miss something uh, here? And yeah. I. Besides it looking gorgeous, it's a it beautiful looks, looking yeah, film. Gorgeous. Bob yeah, Shell's production awesome. design is fucking outstanding. Yeah. It is. It's yep. beautiful. That's fantastic. It's it's a great set period piece mm-hmm. in that yeah. respect, but uh, I just like fan service, like winking at the audience yeah. nonstop, like these like 
SNL like impressions of your old favorite characters? Come on. <laughs> and there was wow. this um, a pretty decent takedown in the LA uh, Times on the on this. And one of the points made in that article was that the Sopranos TV show, one of the things that made it great is that it, it didn't engage in fan service. Like it it like we people had to come and fucking come to terms with the blackout ending and shit. Like the test dream episodes and the surreality of it. Like people like it, mm-hmm. that, the show like didn't give you what you wanted a lot of the times it, it gave you what david chase wanted to do which i'm he clearly did here but there's also this fan servicey stuff that doesn't really need to happen or go anywhere i did really like um cory stole as as uncle yeah. jr i thought that was good casting oh and, and probably the big fan service moment was the best part of the movie when he makes the varsity joke but um yeah yeah um i i, I i'm I, I feel bad I yeah. feel bad for like everybody involved and for everybody who waited and like uh, just yeah. And another one I had after the fact was that John Bernthal was underused. Yeah, like, they all were. Like, everybody was almost. Yeah, very... <laughs> like I know he's not the main character, but he's very much a part of this. So really, you start having a debate about why was this movie set strictly on Moltisani's character, and why was this woman who's an immigrant who comes over he's trying to tell like an immigrant story uh the story of the newark riots black oppression uh mobsters their racist ways but yet their family ties you got like so many things going on in a two-hour movie and then you try to flash forward and do like two movies within a two-hour prequel it's it's like what the fuck Is yeah, this too much smashed in a too short a time it's yeah. like you said that night you said if this doesn't have another series added to it or something it's going to be even worse yeah it's just Great dangling point. out there. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So uh, lots oh, of disappointment well. on that one. Yeah, I think so. All right, Travis, back to you. You have control of the board. Um, well, it's October, so I've been watching a lot of fucking horror movies. Um, uh-huh. I, I accidentally did a uh, Ch- uh, Charles, what's his name? Chuck Russell that did. Um, yeah. Yeah, a yeah, racer? Um, yeah, he did The Blob in 1988. Yeah. He did The Nightmare on Elm Street. Three Dream Warriors a year before that. I'd seen both of these films, but not since I was a kid. And I just like happened to watch them back to back. I didn't like, I, and it was like really intentional too. I'm like, I want to watch the Bob because I've watched the Blob uh, the, from 58 or 59, not that long ago. So I'm like, I want to watch the, the the remake, which is fucking awesome. Blob from 88 is so underrated. It's really, really good. Um, it really is. And uh, Nightmare on Elm Street 3, of course, is still a classic. I watched Daniel Isn't Real from 2018, uh, 2019. Yeah. Um, heavy shades of Drop Dead Fred, but not in a bad way. <laughs> <laughs> it was actually a pretty unique horror picture with, speaking of Tim Robbins, yeah, who we're going to be delving into, here we got Miles Robin, uh, Miles Robbins, his son, oh, no along shit. with uh, Susan Sarandon, and then the son of uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger, Patrick Schwarzenegger, who both did really good jobs and this is a pretty i mean like it's hard to make i think unique original stories anymore and uh, i feel like this one despite the the uh, dead fred kind of stuff there there really is something <laughs> kind of unique happening here it's a pretty original i mean there's there's some stuff that it reminded me of but i i really liked daniel isn't real and this is the same student this is spectrovision that's responsible for mandy so um that's you know take that pedigree as it as it as you will who the fuck was fred by the way was that a name actor or was it just some random english guy yeah i i'm blanking on yahoo serious no 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 he was from the wild ones yeah he played young einstein i believe oh no that was yahoo serious no um but this guy I'm, I'm blanking on fred's name but he was from uh, the tv show the british tv show i want to say it's called the wild ones okay 
I um, always you, mix you, those two movies up because we saw a double feature of those at the drive-in. I swear, like, oh, was, it, or they came out like the same time, and I'm like, oh yeah, yeah. it's the same movie, right? Mm. I watched. Um, remember that short, uh, that that horror short from like I don't know, 2012 or so called Lights Out that was just like terrifying, the most like terrifying <laughs> yeah. four minutes ever. Yeah. Then they made the movie, and everyone's like, it's crap. Don't watch it. Well, I, I didn't listen. I finally got around to watching it. I just can't imagine like someone being like, oh, everyone loved this spooky, scary short that I made. Clearly what they want is for me to explain in uh, excruciating detail every iota of this backstory. It just over exposition it to death. I'm just, yeah. like, what, what are you thinking, guy? Now, he, this is the guy that went on to do um, Shazam, which I fucking love. Yeah. So like he's got talent. But man, Lights Out was bad what, what wow. one visual gag in a short does not make a feature film <laughs> yeah it was real bad i checked By the out way, uh rick mile played uh drop dead fred he died in 2014 at 56 yeah. years yeah, old. yeah i knew, so I knew he passed young what say his name again rick mile m-a-y-a-l-l oh okay yeah that's a tough last name but he yeah he's very famous outside of america so uh and somewhat famous here uh, power. I really love the South African horror movie sci-fi comedy thing called Fried Berry. I wrote a, a review for it on our Instagram. I really, uh, if you like like kind of campy, weird horror, um, Fried Berry is, it's Fried unique. Berry. It's unique. I really liked Fr Fried Berry quite a bit. I checked out a kind of, uh, not fantastic, but worth checking out, horror movie from 2020 called The Retreat, not to be confused with the 2021 film called The Retreat, or like the 2017 film called The Retreat. <laughs> There's a lot, apparently quite a few movies called The yeah. Retreat, but I watched one from 2020 about a guy, it's kind of, it's like a Wendigo myth kind of uh, story, and a kind of confusing plot, but it stuck with me. Uh, if you're a horror aficionado that, that would watch anything, I'd throw that one under your belt. Speaking of horror, horror, horror aficionados, I went in totally blind to this film from 1976. It was actually released in 79, but called Savage Weekend, a slasher flick. You ever seen this, Eric? Or no, even never heard of it? heard of it. No. I, I had never heard of it either, but the, the fact that it was a slasher from 79 and it kind of turned out to be filmed in 76, I was like, yeah, I'll give it a shot. It was really good. Classic oh, slasher, dude in the mask, um, predating uh, you know most slashers other than, wow. I mean, predating even Halloween. I mean, it's predating almost oh, everything. Yeah. I'd never fucking heard of it, and it's good. Not and on top of that, um, there is a. I mean, like I would be. I think wow. if you do, if you're interested in queer studies and LGBT stuff, like there is uh, for '76, there is a gay male, male character in this film, and he is awesome. He's hilarious. He is not remotely like the butt of any jokes, which I find really interesting for '76. Um, it was, and I mean, like it's it's yeah. like the lowest of low budget. It was shot for like thirty grand or something, like really stupidly low. But if you if you're a fan of slashers and like if you're a horror history nerd, Savage Weekend is definitely worth checking out. Did, did you ever see uh, the town that dreaded sundown from '76? It's on my list. I haven't caught like, it. Yeah, it's a masked slasher film, so yeah. I, that could be a good double feature. I, I'm definitely gonna check that out, Travis. Yeah, I need to do the. I think I'll do the the town that dreaded sundown soon too. That'll be a good October watch. Cool. Um, I, I did uh, Lincoln. Speaking of, oh, uh, I watched yeah. that with my students, my my seniors uh, in one of my classes. I, I I'm not sure how they liked it yet. I'm not sure they definitely seem to respond well to Tommy Lee Jones. They liked his character. <laughs> yeah, they like his high pitched uh, voice. The, the, oh, there oh, you. <laughs> um, you, yeah. Um, well, no, I, that's one of the things I loved about it was that they, you know, Lincoln had a reedy voice, and they and they went for it. Um, 
you know, I really feel like, I mean, it's not a perfect movie by any means for, uh, but as far as like a history nerd stuff goes, I mean, it really is pretty fucking awesome. It's, it's awfully involved. It does a lot of the things that most history films would make a, like make composite characters out of it, but it's not afraid to lean into the, this huge cast And man. There's a reason why Lincoln gets a lot of love. Last but not least, I'm going to make this my final recommendation. I'd recommend everything I watched really this week, other than lights out. Um, I watched this film from 2017 called Veronica. It's a Spanish film. Um, it's really sad because it's based on a, a true story about the death of a young girl in um, 93 in Madrid named uh, Estefania Gutierrez Lazaro. So like, you know, that's that's kind of rough to watch a film about an actual death of a teenage girl. But there's a lot of um, twists on the original story to make it, you know, enough that you're not feeling like you're watching something uh, exploitive, but more so than anything, this film is based on a real life uh, a, um, police call. The first, as far as I know, like police report, like official police report that someone filed. That's like, yes, there was supernatural activity here. No it was responsible for the death of this young girl. Like these, this, like there was like multiple cops in Madrid that like signed off on this thing, like six or seven cops. It was, it was, it's a really interesting story. The movie itself was also pretty fucking good. I liked Veronica. It was. It was not, I mean, like, I would recommend oh. checking out the movie and checking out the actual deeper story of the uh, Vallecas, uh, Vallecas yes. incident, I think they call it, the Vallecas mystery. Um, I saw this. I loved it. Yeah, I saw this a few Oh, you years watched back. it? Yeah, I it's really it. good. Yeah, it's fucking awesome. Yeah, it's it scared me. Like, yeah. I mean, it was actually a pretty scary movie. So if you like horror, and it was on Netflix. It's a, it's a made-for-Netflix mm -hmm. film, so there we can support Netflix there. All right, and then those are the movies I watched. I watched. Thank God we can support Netflix. <laughs> what would they do without us? Pay their taxes yeah. or something? <laughs> <laughs> uh, by the way, uh, yeah, you mentioned Halloween. Halloween Kills coming out in theaters here. You guys yeah. get excited? Oh, dude, it's coming out on Peacock TV. I'm going to download that app, watch it, and then forget to, to cancel my trial. Yeah, yeah. And I'll just fuck <laughs> again. Exactly. Uh, I've got Peacock. Yeah, they need to work on the... Uh, they need to work on their movie selection. They Apple really Plus do. is worth having. I'll give Apple Plus heads up. Yeah. Eric, what do you got for this week? Unlike Travis, I can't recommend any of the movies that I watched, and I watched quite a few. Um, mm. Well, I mean, the one thing I can I can recommend is not a movie, but uh, I started watching the old French Pri Fresh Prince series from season one. Yeah. It's laugh out loud hilarious. Still, like I never remembered it being like so like dreamlike. Like it doesn't take itself like clearly it's a comedy, but like <laughs> it doesn't like stick to like sitcom structure, it, like fucks off and like goes and does like fun skits and stuff aside from like your, your side stories. Is it dream like, like Jacob's ladder? There's a lot of dream sequences, but it's not one entire dream sequence, but uh, spoiler. Alert. Well, maybe not. <laughs> maybe it wasn't. Maybe it wasn't. Maybe it wasn't that it wasn't. Uh, then it was again. And then it wasn't again. You could have dreams. Yeah. Can't wait. Speaking to of dreams. It. I checked out uh, 1999's <laughs> in dreams. From oh. celebrated director Neil Jordan. Woof. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. How is this so bad? You got Annette Bening, Robert Downey Jr., and, yes, Stephen Ray. <laughs> Kill your own kind. There it is. <laughs> it's abominable. It's abominable, man. It's so just, just horrible. Just slapping some red hair on Robert Downey Jr. and calling it a day. I don't understand how this happened. <laughs> I'm sorry, man. I don't want to offend anybody here, but... And that Benning can't act, dude. She's one of the most boring actors I've ever seen in Hollywood. Shaw, get on. Come on. Come Give on, me one dude. Good performance. Uh, American Beauty. She's fucking great in that. Oh, oh yes, Jesus. exactly. I'm sorry. I'm She's not probably the best part of that movie. 
I will sell this house today. I will sell uh, this house. <laughs> fucking. Oh, I think she's. I think she's a good actor. Oh, 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 I'm sorry. Oh, oh, I'm sorry. That dinner scene. She's fucking phenomenal. Get the fuck so out annoying. of here. So annoying. Uh, oh, well, she's not boring. She. You said boring. I'm sorry. I'm not a fan of the actress. You've she's offended married both to Warren. You offended married to Warren Bating, so that house must be like the driest like dinner table <laughs> of all time. Ah, that's kind of funny. I'll give you that. <laughs> Jokes. Uh, you know what? I <laughs> what's this movie called? The Last Time from 2006. Oh, I'm I know that one. It's Michael Keaton. Michael Keaton, Brendan Fraser. Yeah. And, like, shit, we got Neil McDonough, and like it's got this like this huge support. Neil, Daniel Stern. It's one of the worst movies I've ever seen in my entire life. I very I'm disappointed. I'm watching it in disbelief for its entire runtime. How yes. is this a movie? <laughs> oh man, dude! I dug through this during the blockbuster on. I was when I had blockbuster online. I got my three DVDs at a time. This was in the rotation, and I got it once, and I watched it, and I was like, "Oh man!" Well, They're trying to mix like uh, copy machine salesman drama with like <laughs> an infidelity like plot. It's like. It's so this is during stupid. the weird period of Michael Keaton's career in the aughts yeah. where he was just gone. And he tried to do – these yeah. are very small-time film, very indie movie. and Post-White yeah. Noise, right? Yep. Oh, yeah. Noise. Yeah, right after – yeah. Dude, Game Post 6 White noise. You, fucking awesome. Pretty I tried to find man. Game 6. I couldn't find it. I've been Watch wanting to find it. It's great. Oh, man. Travis. Hi. I don't want you to be upset with me. I but probably will be. There's a lot of – it's so surprising how many John Carpenter films I've never gotten around to seeing. The man's filmography is insane. Oh, yeah, he's fucking great. So I sat down and I finally watched The Fog. Oh, it's, yeah. It's fucking dumb, man. Like, this movie is just not very good. Uh-oh. My uh, opinion. Hmm. I think Are you pissed, a, Travis? I'm not pissed. I just think that's wrong. I think you're wrong. <laughs> <laughs> I found it very dry. Just pretty well, it is a little dry. It is a little dry. It, it, it doesn't. It's. I wouldn't say it's his most suspenseful film by any means, but I do. I do like. Um, uh, in my opinion, well done. Like uh, attack on a small environment place kind of plot, which is he's like he's a master at. Um, that's really kind of his go-to style of doing things. Yeah. Man, I don't know what else to tell you. The guilty is fucking god awful on Netflix. It's getting uh, it's getting ripped up on the it's, old it's, uh, review it's, circuit. That's too bad. So, man, I, I'm really sorry. Oh yeah, the the last time, Mike, written by the guy's only screen credits are uh, the family, the Robert De Niro mafia comedy. Oh, I didn't hate that. And several episodes of pop up video from the late Ooh, 90s. I love pop up video. <laughs> That's it. Do how make, this guy got this cast. He's got to make money somehow. <laughs> oh, well. Uh, producer, probably. Oh. <laughs> yeah. right, so, nothing, well, nothing really to suggest then, huh? Fresh yeah. Prince. Right. Fresh yeah, prince. there you go. Fresh Prince, folks. Fresh Prince. Doing the Carlton. I don't, I do the Carlton. I, I don't know how to do the Carlton. Oh, you could do it pretty easily. Isn't it, the, isn't it the Running Man? Yeah, is this the same thing? Oh, no, Eric, Eric do it, yeah, Mike. Do it. Do it. No, you do it better than I did. That's I didn't really watch the show that much. So Big hands. Yeah, you know, funny. it's not fun. It's not fun. So. Oh. Uh, no, I'm kidding. That's a joke. It's an inside reference. Come on, Eric. You know uh, it's not fun. You've been on this show for like 80 episodes. You got to know all the inside references. <laughs> uh, yeah, man, boy, the Billy hmm. Crudup run continues. Hey, okay. <laughs> it's been a. I was blown away. I what? I down I got all these movies. I'm like, okay, I got all these. I just went through his IMDb and I was like, I'm getting that, I'm getting that, I'm getting that. Whatever I could get, whatever I could find, and I got it. And I didn't know what I was getting into because some of these I had never heard of. So I watched a movie called Blood Ties with fucking Clive Owen, man. And I'm like, oh, shit. Oh this movie yeah, yeah, yeah. That was pretty good. It's fucking fantastic. Yeah. God oh, wow. damn. 
Yeah, I, I was like, this is 2014. This is seven years ago. This was a kind of last call, Clive, because this is the same time as the Nick yeah. came out, I believe. And uh, he was doing stuff for a minute there. And he's him and Billy crewed up with fucking old man James Kahn as like the the patriarch of this family. And man, this is a this is an intense film. It's, it's a good drama. Really it's good. not like a it's not like a mindless action criminal flick. There's like serious stakes. Minimal action. There are is a little bit, but it's it's absolutely more dialogue and family focused. And yeah. you got a, uh, I always do this. No, Noah Emmerich, not Toby Emmerich. Noah Emmerich is a one of the detectives that plays alongside Billy Crudup. Fine role. And Marion Cuddlehart's in this too, and she's oh, fucking phenomenal. Shit. It's a really great movie. Apparently, it was based on a French version, and this was the American remake. Right. So, I strongly want to recommend Blood Ties. Yeah, it was good. I'll, I'll Billy Crudup, very subdued in this movie. Uh, you huh. know, he's some movies like in the morning show, Travis, he's very, the character yeah. he plays very lively. This yeah. one, he's a, it's strange. It's a very strange feeling. Uh, but I'm going to strongly recommend Blood Ties. Man, what a movie. Uh, then I watched one called The uh, One Mile to You, which came out in 2017. And this is based upon one. a novel. It's got Tim Roth in it. It's got Billy Crudup. It's got Peter Coyote. <laughs> and, <laughs> And it's about these, uh, it's really kind of an inspirational film, and it's well done. It's not cheesy, and it's really going to recommend that, too. One Mile to You. It's about, oddly enough, Billy Crudup played Prefontaine, and now he's like a track coach in this one. So mm. I don't know if there's a connection there, but it's fascinating. All right. So I'll recommend that as well. Uh, what else did I watch? Something about, uh, oh, so I did it. I watched Blind Spotting. Oh, okay. What'd you think? It's just so good. It's so good. It's, it's just so good. Yeah, I mean, what can you say? Everything you guys I knew said. You'd love it. I haven't seen yeah. it. Oh, it's phenomenal. Yeah, you you're gonna watch yeah, it. And you're gonna be like, you're just wow. gonna be the next, next guy who comes on the show and be like, yep, everything you guys said sounds good to me. Yeah. I'm almost gonna guarantee that. Almost gonna guarantee it. And I don't yeah. like to do that very often. Travis. I I would you know? guarantee it, Travis. I'm not gonna watch it now. <laughs> It's a fucking spite, you guys. Stubborn, yeah. That's how. It's that's strange. how we were raised. That's how we grew up. That's the way you should. I'll wait twenty five years so like and then that. I'll watch it. Yeah, yeah. It, it's exactly. strange though, I, and I'm not going to spoil it. Trust me. But the 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 thing about that is, it's so weird for me. The best scene in the movie is the one I think is the biggest mistake in the movie. So once you we have all seen it, I'm excited to talk about that. You know what part of that is? Is that later or kind of in the middle? Oh, okay. uh, uh, we'll talk off an here. artistic choice that I think was a fucking terrible mistake, but it's the best scene in the movie. Oh man, I think that's yeah, that's about. such a weird phrase. But if I, if you knew what I was talking about, you you would I think you'd understand. It's the well, way Eric, that yeah. the, the scene is framed is just is I don't know. I'm going off the rails. Sorry. Take it easy. Calm down. Yeah. Uh, Aaron Worley recommended this movie, so he was really excited yeah. that I watched it. I talked about it. Aaron, it's a phenomenal film. You're absolutely correct in recommending this. So well done. Two people in the same world, but they're not of the same world because they're part of the greater landscape of the culture. So yeah. you think you're in a world, but you don't really realize because of your blind spots. And I love this term, blind spotting. I'm, like, obsessed with it now ever since I saw the movie, too. So we all have blind spots, and it's very much a real psychological term because we just can't see it. We cannot see it. It's fucking fascinating. Can't find the guy. Can't? <laughs> I didn't drink Coors Light. Uh, no one knows okay. what you're talking about. <laughs> yeah, I know, but it's so funny still. Um, <laughs> uh, I watched The Longest Week. This is what? Jason Bateman and Billy Crudup. <laughs> They're like two, two, rich, 
two rich assholes and uh it's supposed to be very much very narrator heavy it's supposed to be told like a book okay so it's about this longest week for this guy is a super rich snob who jason bateman plays very different role for him and it's all right it's, it's kind of bland but i admit i i watched the whole thing and it was somewhat interesting it's got a i always mix some reason i always mix up olivia wilde and emily blunt i don't know why i do that but it's olivia wilde not emily blunt as the, the uh, main connection of the love interest there so Huh. Uh, it's kind of bland though. I wouldn't really recommend it. Uh, I, I actually, I never watched Kingpin. I saw Kingpin all the way through. <laughs> You've never seen Kingpin? I, I remember all the hype and I've seen the pictures <laughs> wow. and the scenes where Bill Mary's hair is flying in the air in the big finale, but I never I sat down and watched the whole thing. So. I don't know how funny it would be if you're not 13 when you watch it. It's, yeah, it's less uh, funny. Yeah I, yeah, I watched it a year or so ago and it didn't really do I, it that much for me. <laughs> it's a mess. I, I, I love it. It sucks. I think it's a fucking huge mess. I, I think really dumb well i don't think yeah, it's it is. smart no i mean but it it's very 90s you know it's, yeah. it was huge in the 90s the reason it was big and you know randy quaid is the homage character it's at the time that was like a little more like oh this is a little different it actually was but now that's mm -hmm. like a cliche i feel like in a way like the doofus who rides along with the people i don't know it was it a different role like, for for woody at the time which was cool yeah because he hadn't really done anything remotely like that and um <laughs> and and it was a good role for bill murray at the time too because he really had kind of dropped out of comedy he was doing like family films and barely around then so it was nice to, to at least to have that out of the 90s yeah something. he did groundhogs in 93 and then this came out in 96 and, but yeah, the 90s weren't the they weren't the best decade for him anyways outside of groundhogs day and, and what about yeah, bob i guess yeah, it's barely. You guys don't like right. larger than life, man. <laughs> oh boy, yeah, here we yeah. go. Yeah. Well, I don't know. I'm talking about society, not me. So. Oh, society. Oh. <laughs> uh, speaking of Annette betting, I watched a movie called 20th Century Women. Is that good? I heard good things. I liked it. It was. Uh, it's slow and dry, but it's. Mm. It's. It's a solid film. It's well done. Billy Crudup's in it with Annette betting. <laughs> <laughs> so dumb. Billy Crudup. I love Billy Crudup. And uh, I'm so glad I'm finishing off his filmography. It's, you guys see Glass Chin? I have that. That's, uh, that's coming up. Uh, right. I had a failed uh, venture on that one. I actually tried to start it up and things didn't quite work out. So yeah. it's on the huh. agenda. Uh, I watched a dumb movie. 20th Century Women. I want to recommend it, though. It's uh, it's about a it's a kind of a cool female empowerment story, but not told in like a cliche way. It's pretty fresh, I will say. Uh, then I watched a movie called All Nighter with Emil Hirsch and J.K. Simmons. This is like a doofus uh, running around town. This is from 2017. I totally missed this one. And, you know, it's one of those like one night comedies where crazy shenanigans happens. And you know, it was actually uh, it was entertaining. It's J.K. Simmons and Emil Hirsch running around town, running into random stupid characters across Los Angeles. It's hmm. not well received on like IMDb or anything, but it's a stupid comedy. And it's a perfect movie to just throw on and be like, huh. I can watch J.K. Simmons do just about anything, and I like Emile Hurst, so this is good enough for me. Did you just like rent everything in the red box that like no one's ever heard of? <laughs> one night. <laughs> well, I had a cross reference here. I was trying to catch up on all the Billy Crudups, and then I was trying to catch up on all of Emile Hurst's stuff over the last fifteen years. You've seen I, I uh, early stuff, but I hadn't seen Emile Hurst recently. Speaking of Crudup, you've seen Rudder List, right? I'm sure we've talked about. Before. Oh, you recommended that to me in okay. 2016, and okay. I am a huge, huge, yeah. huge fan of that's the top of the mountain of the Crudup stuff, in my opinion. That absolutely. Wow. Yeah. I mean, oh, yeah. Almost Famous is is Hall of Fame. Everyone loves Almost Famous, but Rudder List is equally Rudder, probably is. Come on, yeah, it's probably his best. Have you seen it, Eric? 
Rutledge? Oh, loved it. Yeah. Uh, as far as Emil Hirsch, check out. Well, Mike, you're probably not going to watch the autopsy of Jane Doe because it's oh, a it's good. horror film, but it's fucking good, awesome. Good. Yeah. Yeah, maybe I'll give, maybe I'll give it a shot. I don't know. Brian Cox. Yeah. Brian Cox. Yeah. I love Brian Cox. I mean, just, no, just the two of them, really. It's just really just these two guys banging around in a room together. It's pretty awesome. I want to watch uh, season three of Succession. I actually watched the first two seasons, so I love Brian Cox. Okay. Cool. Uh, yeah, so there you go. That's some Bozo movies. Oh, I forgot to mention I had watched this one, and I never brought it up. Uh, fucking Aft Pupil. I never saw it. <laughs> okay. And I watched F people for the first time like six weeks ago. And, <laughs> six uh, weeks ago, just thought of it now. Wait. Well, I kept. I forgot to bring it up. Yeah. yeah. But I'd never seen it, yeah. and now watching it for the first time in 2021. I, you know, Brad Renfro, rest in power, and Ian McKellen as a does his. He's awesome, but it's a yeah. Brian Singer yeah. film, so it has issues. And uh, but it's yeah. actually still pretty. It kind of holds up well. It's it's something that doesn't really fade. Uh, Brian Singer's not cool anymore, but the movie itself and Brad Redford being dead, there's only so mo- many movies that he did. I don't want to just dismiss his career entirely either. So I think it's it deserves also, uh, its sorry. time. It's also so got, fun, got? Perform- fun performances from uh, Elias Coteus and uh, and also Swimmer. David Swimmer. Yeah, like, yeah. That was, that was the, like I was the big takeaway at the time. Everyone's like, David Swimmer? Like not being a total fucking buffoon? I mean, it's kind it's of a, a, a weird ass ending. Yeah, you're yeah. like a creepy fucked up. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, you're right. That's a um, good call. And that was one of the ones that they, they definitely changed it from the book and like and for the better, uh, which is pretty rare. Oh, yeah. It's a Stephen King book, right? Yeah, or yeah, no, yeah. No. It's, a, it's a Stephen King novella. But the, what happens at the end of that wouldn't really translate well on the film these days, I don't think. Um, better, better that, better that it didn't. Um, if you've read it, you know what I mean. <laughs> I have not. I'll take. I'll for sure, take so. my word for it. I don't feel like getting into it. But um, oh, is it time? Well, is it about that time? Uh, well, I want to check the email real quick before we oh, move okay, in. But yeah. yeah, we always we love our emailers, don't we? We do. Uh, we've also had a couple of reviews on uh, Apple um, Podcasts. Shout out to yeah. our friend of the show, Vivian. Thank you for that. That was very kind. Yeah. Uh, and another person also, I'm not sure. I, I, Chris McBrien from yes, the uh, Pop Goes Your World pod, which is a great pod. If you like pop culture and you want to see a battle between Gen X and the millennials, <laughs> check out Pop Goes Your World. Music, film, whatever, everything. So, and if you don't know it. us, you are still welcome to leave a review for us. Thank you. <laughs> oh. If you don't know us personally, you're still, <laughs> you don't have oh, to like have a personal connection. Okay. Uh, well, it looks like we got an email, but someone read it, but I, I didn't get to see this. So, uh, Chad, our old pal, Chad writes in and says, thanks very much. Oh, wait, no, that's your response. Sorry. What day is this? October? October. Oh, it's just a listener's choice submission. Never mind. Okay. Thanks, Chad. Now, from beyond, that. we're going to throw that into the mix, get our Stuart Gordon on maybe. Yeah. We'll talk more about our upcoming listener's choice episode after we unpack Jacob's ladder. Yeah, it's, I guess it's time to get into it. Does it hold up? It's time for the 1990 film selected by Eric Branstrom, so everyone can blame him. Jacob's Ladder, an Adrian Lyne film starring Tim Robbins and Elizabeth Pena and a host of people like Danny Aiello playing a, an angel slash chiropractor. I don't know. Like you do. Real. Yeah. Ving <laughs> Rhames pops in this movie. Yeah. Eric LaSalle, a lot of like mid-level actors at the time getting some part roles here, so... Something's wrong, Jake. I don't know what it is. But I can't talk to anybody about it. And I figured I could talk to you. You always used to listen, you know? 
That's as straight as I can put it. And don't tell me that I'm crazy, because I know I'm not. They're coming after me. Who is? They've been following me. They're coming out of the walls. I can't trust anybody. But I gotta talk to somebody. I gotta talk to somebody. I'm gonna fly out of my fucking mind. Eric, you yep. came up with this, dude. Why did you pick this film? Do you remember seeing it for the first time? <laughs> yeah, and I remember staying up the entire night in sweaty fear. Uh, I must have been, you know, 13 or 14. And I was fucking terrified. Uh, these images I was not used to. You know me, I'm a late bloomer. So this is, I'm finally able to sit down and watch an R-rated movie. It's like, this is like one of the first ones. And I'm terrified behind human comprehension. But it's been uh, over 25 years since I saw it. You know, as a kid, uh, I didn't meld that well with like some of the more dramatic and psychological issues. I just wasn't picking up on them that much. So I was definitely excited to go back as a, as a mature adult to see if some of those things hold up, that dynamic. Hmm. Hmm, yeah. Travis, what about you? Um, I remember seeing this when I was young. It wasn't when it was new. I wasn't as young as Eric. It was like I had heard about it. It had like a something of a reputation. It's kind of a cult classic. Um, but when I did see it, it was like it was early enough that it was still on VHS. I was probably, I don't know, 15 or 16 or something like that by the time I got around to watching it. So I was probably 96 or so, if I had to guess. And I enjoyed it and hadn't watched it again until last night. I was surprised at, um, it was wow. funny. I, I remembered a lot of the plot points, like the major reveals, but I didn't really remember like anything else about it. Like, uh, like I remember, you know, like a lot of the visuals had left my mind, but I remembered like the struck, like what, you know, what the, what the story was about and the reveal, at the, or but most of the reveals at the end. Um, but it was good to come back and give it another look with adult eyes. Hmm. Adult eyes. Adult okay. eyes. <clears throat> Tonight, all new adult eyes. Sounds risque. Adult eyes. <laughs> Red Shoe Diaries, followed by an all new adult eyes. It's uh, racy. It's very racy. Yeah. I uh, never saw this movie, so this is my first viewing. But growing up, you heard of this title a billion times, but I started to confuse it with Jason's lyric and Jacob's ladder. For some reason, oh, they started yeah. to meld together. I never saw either movie, but uh, that's all I got on this. I didn't know anything about it. I, I really had no layout for the premise. So well, let's dive into the rating. IMDb rating. Uh, I don't know what it is. I'm going to guess. Saw... Oh, you got yeah, it. Okay. Saw, well, I'm going to say maybe. this. Oh, you saw it too? Well, then I'll take yeah. a guess. I'm going to say this is probably well-respected. It's probably like a uh, probably, it's like a dead seven, an even seven. That's that's about what I was going to say. I was going to say like six, eight, six, nine. Yeah. But, Eric? I, w I was also very surprised to see it at 7.5. So that's, Jesus, that's awfully high. Yeah. Seven point five is upper echelon, well, not quite legendary status, but it's higher than I would have thought. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Uh. Okay. Well, that's I, hey. I, see, that's why we do this. And I mean higher than I would have thought because I feel like this isn't a, like like people talk about Ghost, the other nineteen ninety Bruce Joel <laughs> Rubin film uh, that we've also <laughs> already talked about. Uh, in another episode, but um, you know, people talk about a lot of movies, but I don't feel like this is a movie that people reference or really comes up, or even Adrian Lynn right. really comes up. Like this seems right. like um, I know it's got a cult following, or it had one back in the day, but I feel like it's kind of fallen into, you know, into the dark corners of, of cultural memory. Yeah, mm. 
Well, on Rotten Tomatoes, it's 73% from the critics. That's even lower than the 7.5. Uh, but the 84% from the audience. So you got 11% disparity. The audience likes it more than the critics do. Uh, I wonder why that would be. I'm not sure. Um, anybody? Um, I mean, critics may, <laughs> critics may have been more critical. <laughs> well how about this uh peter rayner of the la times said in the best puzzle movies the pieces fit eventually but if you try to piece together jacob's ladder all you get for your trouble is more pieces Ooh. Uh, well again this is one of those things where he's saying that negatively i i love movies where they have the balls to give you more questions and answers if they're doing it in a way that's entertaining and stimulating oh okay well, that's uh, your kind of movie. Then you're kind of you're gonna love this movie in a sense, uh, for sure. Uh, I'm not seeing any goody coots and uh, 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 yeah. a little early for Dustin Thompson, I think. Nope, you're wrong. Here we yeah. go. Yeah, all right. 1990. Well, he first. reviewed it. If whenever he reviewed it, you know, because Rotten Tomatoes started in like the two early 2000s, so the earliest date on all of these, no matter what movie we do, is January 1st, 2000. But it could have been written. Really? At the time. Yeah. Like he's in like junior high. Des Thompson's like <laughs> he's like in the eighth grade giving magnificent film criticism. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Yeah, I can see that. Well, we got Desson said uh <laughs> He's like that kid in Hamlet too. <laughs> oh yeah. Good call. That's a great call. Yeah. Desson said that uh fails ultimately. Oh, falls. Sorry, guys. Falls ultimately flat on its surrealistic face. The victim of too many fake art sequences. <laughs> I agree with that. I have a lot of strong yeah. feelings connected to that oh, commentary. I, 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 here, I'll, sequences? Uh, I have a note. One of my one of the notes that I made was, "How much of this did Mike fast forward?" <laughs> <laughs> but then, when the head started spinning, he thought he still had it on fast forward, so he had to stop it. <laughs> I'll tell you this: I absolutely was already pissed oh, when it comes out. Of it just being a supposed dream sequence at the time, the, the nom time. shit. I'm like, oh, I'm like, oh shit, this is like a, a psychological oh, early, early. psychological <laughs> Vietnam War thrillers <laughs> terror thing. And I was like into that. And then, oh nope, there he is. He wakes up in a fucking subway. And I started fast forwarding as soon as he <laughs> oh, moved from on, one car Mike. to the next and then started walking around looking for the exit. I'm like, this is dumb, this is dumb, this is dumb. Michael. Get out of here. This isn't real now because he fucked me. They fucked me. I thought it was real and then it wasn't. So that they all right. I gotta you do one more review. over yeah. one of the Wrong. most tense like scenes in a horror drama of the early '90s. Shame on you! It's a it's a skip though. It's not a fast forward. You're like, oh, you see it. You're seeing it. You're just not hearing anything. Okay, yeah. He goes up. Okay. Well, oh, oh, I woke up. Okay. Anyways, uh, Roger Ebert. Yeah, I, <laughs> I listen to all my podcasts on ten times speed. Roger Ebert said. This movie was not a pleasant experience, but it was exhilarating in the sense that I was able to observe filmmakers working at the edge of their abilities and inspirations. Hard to shove popcorn in your mouth when you're looking at hills of dismembered body parts. Not easy. Not easy at all. So, uh, so okay. So, Travis, you said you... You hadn't, you, even Eric, you said you hadn't seen this in a while. So, you know the Vietnam beginning is going to be not like the premise of the movie it's part of it but it's not like the reality like to me it was a total surprise like oh fuck we're not in vietnam he wakes up on a train are you so like that... me did you did you wonder for like over half the movie when this 
like main story took place. I thought it was supposed to be in 1990. I didn't know it was like a couple years after Vietnam. So I'm like, yeah, these guys are still clearly in like their mid late twenties. What yep. the fuck's going on here? Yeah, I did no, it's in the seventies. It the cars and everything. It, it, shows that. That, it does that not feel all. like it doesn't feel like the seventies. I think they do. You didn't see it. You didn't look at him and think he looked like he was from the seventies when he wakes up. He's after a Vietnam, the... he's a Vietnam vet. I mean, I, I'm thinking he's stuck in the past. I, uh, <laughs> do you know how many guys i know i mean i knew guys as a kid i knew guys in the 90s that walked around in their fucking yes. army coats and shit still like <laughs> yeah i mean i just you know i just figured but the way bet. it looked you know new york in the 70s was a shithole you could make a lot of inferences i well, made inferences so. new york in the 80s was a shithole and this film right, was but, shot in the 80s so like it, it looked to me like late 80s new york yeah, yeah. <clears throat> i thought, it was yeah, present day. I thought that was the whole point like he's been suffering ptsd for like 15 19 years i even made a note about it like oh yeah this is clearly like uh right before giuliani in new york this is like the <laughs> end of like the uh fucked up period no no 75 <laughs> and then i started to do mm. the math where i'm like wait macaulay died while he was at war yeah. but like his kids are still kids so we're like and I still never quite came to the conclusion that it was set in the 70s. I'm like, uh, well, apparently it doesn't matter anyways, right? Right. Like, no, it doesn't, it doesn't fucking even happen. None of it, none of, none of it happens. Uncredited Spoiler Macaulay alert. Culkin right before Home Alone came out that year. So Extremely distracting to see Macaulay Culkin in this role. It just takes yeah, it out of everything. Yes. Takes you right out. I totally agree. I totally agree. It's like, not oh his fault. Tim. Yeah, not, his fault. not Lynn's fault. fault for casting him, but like such a not Macaulay Culkin kind of movie, right? When he was at that age, when he was in stuff like Uncle Buck and Home Alone, and yeah, takes you right out. I agree yeah, with that. Yeah, I mean, Nico the good son was a few years later, so yeah. yeah. Uh, anyways, all right, so this movie pissed me off a lot because <laughs> of a lot of it seems like they focused on a ton of that demon shit early on, but then it kind of faded, like, yep. Like they didn't stick to it, so they lose me because if they're trying to set the tone, this guy's seeing this shit all the time. It's like they wanted you to notice that he saw it in the first part of the movie, but then we're just gonna leave that behind. Like the party with the James Brown music and the ah, eh, you know, the Elizabeth <laughs> Pamia getting fucked by the devil's tail or whatever. Dude, James Brown of all things, I mean. <laughs> and a, a, yeah, which I learned later, the album was called Hell, so that makes sense why he chose oh, that. Okay. Um I didn't know that at the time. Uh, and yeah. then and then like that kind of like stuff goes away and now it's yeah. like Although they There's do like go this, down to this fucking psycho ass hospitals, you know, crazy well, thing that he can suck in, that he's not hell, stuck in it. Right, he's clearly in hell in that scene. Just um, so lost in this movie. Which so he, which they want you to be, like you're, you're supposed to be trying to find yourself in the film, like casting about, like, oh, he's woken up in his ex wife's house, so that was all a dream. Oh no, wait, this part was all a dream because he's actually having a fever and he's got really great neighbors. Nope, none of those neighbors <laughs> exist. Um. So it's actually happening over here. Yeah. Uh, and then there's a, like 25 minutes dedicated to and a fucking great sequence. But the whole bathtub and him almost dying scene could be taken out and it would not matter at all in the entire movie. Love I, the sequence. Love the way it's shot. But it doesn't matter that he almost dies in a dream sequence where he's already dead. Uh, I struggle to understand the meaning and the purpose of it. In particular, that whole sequence. Yeah. As a first time viewer... That's really, really important, Travis, because you're like, what the fuck is going on here? Is yeah. this guy sick? Uh, and then when he wakes up in this, yeah, oh, he's at home. Oh, he's finally at home. So all of that was a dream, like you said. And I'm going to tuck in the kids. We're going to be in my comfy house for like 20 minutes through this whole sequence. And oh, no, we're on the fever dream. So it's just a fever dream. So he's okay. All right, it's cool. So 
the devil and all the shit he saw, uh, the dream he had, the fever. So he's either sick physically, he's sick mentally. This is all a dream. I I'm fucking lost as a first time viewer. I, I and I while we're on this moment in the film, I do have to be a little nitpicky here because like. You know, you've got your character on the edge of death from he's at a 106 degree temperature. Maybe make him pale. Maybe make him sweat. Maybe make him not freshly shaven. So like 24 <laughs> hours later when he wakes up. So he looks like he just caught up from a fucking bat. Like I'm just like, he doesn't look bad at all. And maybe that's part of the point because he's actually not sick. Maybe. I don't know. But I'm like, he looks fine. He looks great. Like, thank you. Thank you. It it's like they shot this movie out of sequence for sure, and then it just kind of oh, like yeah. got chopped together later. Like, okay, yep. well, we got all these parts, and we got those parts, and let's bring it all together. And the way it was edited and organized, and who came up with the final? Because oh, I know God. it was picked up by... So this is an important part of the movie, I think. That was picked up by Carol Co. and Mario Kazar, right? Because yeah. it was dumped by the main studio, yeah. one of the big right. ones. And that meant that uh, Adrian Lyne got final cut, full control. So this is Obviously. what he wanted to do? Um, it, it's you're reading my fucking mind because of all the like really interesting visually arresting scenes we have here. It's such a incoherent mess structurally. Like by the time they in uh, introduce the the BZ whatever plot that is about the 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 drug the ladder itself, it's it's way too late. Do you introduce like his support the like the rest of his platoon? Way too late, and in my opinion, just keep them out of it. It's, it's not even there, or bring them in, anything, or bring them in earlier and make bring them, them serve immediately because it's actually yeah. kind of cool. If it's the cool, idea, right. but it reminds me of a movie like Final Destination, which I like the original, and all, of, and all of them are dealing with it like from the first 10 minutes, you know what's going on. So it's like, let's figure this, let's unravel this. It yeah, or the Jason late. Alexander no going to the lawyer. Like, yeah, that, oh. that whole thing. You're like, oh, oh, now he's in the movie. and Oh, now he's not. Oh, but they, they all changed their minds. We have no idea why. Because they're secretly yeah. hiding behind Eric LaSalle in the room while he tells them to fuck off and never talk to him again. Just so, like so again, LaSalle. like kind of a purposeless kind of thing that's, that's like, what is... What is the intention here? Like other than killing time and like putting the audience like in a ooh mood. Like Pruitt Taylor Vince does yeah. really fine work, but like yeah. what does it mean? Uh, okay, so <laughs> all, almost all the characters are named after biblical characters. Great. But like what does it mean? Like like what do you like I mean like it doesn't have to be spelled out to me if you're using imagery and met metaphors and stuff, but like some of it, but there's so much heavy handed shit. Like they show us Dante's Inferno and then they show him going into hell, like through these concentric. Danny Aiello, the angel saves him out of hell. How dare you back off? I'm saving you. And then he even <laughs> says early in the movie, when he looks at him in the early yeah, chiropractic yeah. scene, you look like an angel. Unsubtle. Yeah. Which I, found it, I found it interesting that Danny Aiello was getting Anne billing in 1990. This was like fresh off of do the right thing. And it was must clearly like, it was like, now he's Moonstruck. Now he's, yeah, now yeah, between well, he hadn't done that much between Moonstruck and uh do the right thing at the time. So like I mean he'd done other stuff, but not like those were the big uh you know standouts. So the original yeah. script was actually gonna be called Dante's Inferno, yeah. and and yeah. Jacob was gonna be Dante, and it was just gonna be a straight, obvious reimagining of you know delving into the seven circles of hell to keep it so ambiguous with this weird ass subplot, which and I don't like that they kind of confirmed that, it, yeah, it was like a, a thing in Vietnam. Like, they don't keep that ambiguous, which I would have liked if you're going to have it But they didn't, though. Eric, because he because remember he comes out of the fever thing and he survives it or whatever. Now he's deep into the demonology. He's reading Dante's Inferno. We're looking. We see endless pictures. Yeah. Same pictures in every movie. 
<laughs> yes, exactly. So that's when it no longer becomes a mystery at all. It's like, okay, well, this is blatant. So you're not, you're not being very subtle. You're trying to make Elizabeth. Let's talk about Elizabeth Candy's character too. So she's supposed to be, she's supposed to be like a demon. Maybe uh, uh, he doesn't know that. And the way it's presented, it's like, no, he's like, she's a savior for him. And he's psycho. He she's doesn't get it. Her name is Jezebel. She's a temptress. That's yeah, it. that's true too. You're right. That, but that, like, the, it's also presented again as a first-time viewer. Like, okay, yes. If you don't know all those things about what a Jezebel is and who Jezebel is and all that, she's trying to help this guy, and she's like, she's like, she's like, what's your deal? And I'm here to care for you. But she also throws away the pictures and does yeah, right. weird shit. Screams which, at him when he gets sick and like all kinds of stuff. She's a terrible. But she girlfriend. also helped him. Oh, she was helpful to the sickness part. She really yeah, did try she, to save his life. There, she kept him alive as he was actually dying. Right, that was the weird part because then that's where she changed me after the yeah, you know, all that crazy shit. And then she's like, Oh, I'm here to help you, and I, I saved your life, and I'm gonna give you time. But then she does like, Then weird shit happens because he took the BZ or whatever, and her <laughs> eyes turn black as for a second. Well, oh, I hate that jump scare shit. Let's uh, also <laughs> point out that like the, the, the title card at the end of the film saying that like oh. the, audi- the, the army experimented with BZ on, on, uh, on soldiers. And then Lynn, I mean, a, a cursory glance at Wikipedia informs me that Lynn totally like, said, uh, actually, I read that, that came from a book that I read that doesn't actually say anything about that. Oh, whatsoever. come on. It's just like, that's <laughs> just like, why would you include it then? We, we already know about Agent Orange and MK Ultra. Like, it's not like you have to like right. throw this other random shit in on top of like 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 it didn't have like you, you there's nothing telling you that it happened so why throw it in the movie as well you're gonna give us this bogus prologue card and not give us a new york 1975 title <laughs> card that we all desperately craved <laughs> uh, speaking of new york um and any new york film shot in the 90s i have to like uh point out the sopranos actors that show up in it we got brian tarantina Mustang yeah. Sal himself showing up, and then uh, Suzanne Shepard, you know, uh, uh, Mary DeAngelis, the the mother of Carmela, showing in, showing up with like these weird horn things at one point in the film. That was pretty fun. She was like the she was the receptionist that um, won't let him in to see Doctor Carson or whatever. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that that whole so that's the first hint you get. He goes to see Doctor Carson, right? Carlson, sorry, and okay, there, there's yeah. no Doctor Carlson blew up in a car. But then there's no Jacob Singer, no record of Jacob Singer. So that's when that happens for the first time, and they really elaborate that that lady, by the way, who always plays that same woman, uh, you know, the angry, like you, like you said, she's so good at that. Angry Forget the paper. Sopranos. I've seen her in other movies where, she, yeah, she's just really good at playing that. Was she the? Was yes, she Uncle Buck? Uncle Buck. That's Uncle Buck. The, that the, is her. The, I knew the it. thing off your fucking face. Yeah, yeah that's Uncle. Right. Yeah, the fucking <laughs> wart. Yeah, yes. that's what I thought. Okay. Yeah. Anyways, they go through elaborate. It's really slowly shot. Like, it's not cut much at all. And she's going through the files and back and forth. And she's annoyed. And you're like, wow, okay, this is an important scene. I feel like they're trying to telegraph it to me how important this is. But not I get, no, but it's, it's they're trying to. They're trying to tell you because he doesn't exist now. And it's like, oh, okay, well, they don't have a record of him. But he's very clearly in, he's very pissed in the fact and emphatic that he does exist. So, so what so, am I to make of this now? I think that so much of this oh, movie man. is just impressionistic. Like the the scariest moment of the film is with the image you have behind you, uh, where he's got the the metal crown of thorns, and the doctor's about to operate it on him in hell, and he's like, you, you know, you're you are home. You're never going to leave here. You're already dead. Like that, or like the kind of faceless. Um, conductor guy waving to him from behind. Um, like there's yeah. these moments, but they and they're like ups, they're like unnerving. 
but they never serve any function really. And they never really drive the plot forward. They're just like, they stick in your head and and that's cool. And they creep you out. And that's, that's cool too. I'm not necessarily totally against it. Not every uh, horror moment needs to have like a major motivation behind it, but it's just like, for all the meandering the film does elsewhere, it's like, ah, couldn't you string some of this together a little more coherently? Yeah. 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 What I remembered on this recent viewing is how, how much I just wished this was all actually happening. So there'd be, mm. so I could root for him because Tim Robbins is a hugely sympathetic character. In my opinion, he does laughs an incredible job. Laughs acting. at every joke. Laughs at last when there's no jokes going on. Just laughs through the whole movie. Gene Siskel called him a uh, uh, strung out David Letterman. <laughs> I thought that was a pretty, uh, pretty on point. But I, I care about his journey and I want to see him work it out. Maybe not his dumb legal case with the government, but at least oh. end up at some point where he can understand what's going on. To have it just be like padding for mm. this like existential prologue about heaven and hell, dumb. I do like when he decides to like do the court case or like, like to pursue it. He's like very serious. He's like, we have to go to the army. Like it's a like it's a place. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. It was funny. It's <laughs> really funny. I like that. Yeah. Army. We're going to army. Here you we guys, go. let's go to army. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. Shit. I mean, I, I, don't, I don't know. I, I've been really emphatic here. I need to calm down a bit. But this movie really bothered me because of the way. I, I just want to. I just want to have. Some of it make more sense to me. Uh, you know, the fantastical, the mystical, the magical, the uh, supernatural. It doesn't do that in this film. I don't know how you can make the case that it does. And it's supposed to be a guy's, like, final trip. This is what he's feeling as he's dying. So, Because when we get to the end result, yeah. he's dying on the surgeon's table. And did he... Was the BZ thing a real too? Did he take that, and that's why he died? Well, or was he just, did he just never, die in Vietnam, either? We never even... Yeah, we never even know if the BZ thing is real. Yeah, so. yeah. Again, this, so. this this movie is just a soul survivors before before soul survivors. Soul <laughs> survivors suck. Oh, oh really? I, okay. I love and I and I know uh, Lion was hugely inspired by like Godard and Fellini, and in in Fellini's best films like nine nine uh, eight and a half, there's no like plot. It's just like a guy going through this bizarre journey uh, to make some sense out of his life, and it, nothing makes sense. But it's it's you know it's super entertaining and you know what it is right off the bat. This kind of masquerades as like a, a film with a with a narrative, a guy with PTSD trying to figure out what yeah. the fuck is going on, trying to look for answers. When at the end it just says, "Oh yeah, it's not that though." That's why <laughs> I think we're getting so pissed off. Oh, and it's not just the mystical and spooky stuff that doesn't make sense. Even the mundane stuff doesn't make sense. I'm sitting there watching the movie. I'm like, someone take the dog out. Someone feed that dog. <laughs> and then and then there's like these mice. In one shot, there's these pet mice. Like, why include a shot of pet mice in your fantasy death? Like, what is a what? Like, I don't know. Man. I don't know. Um, so I mean, I know we're just like we're doing the thing where we're starting to like get into a spiral yeah. where we just like start tearing up uh, on the movie. Is there stuff that we like about this movie? Sure, Maurice Jarre's fucking score is awesome. I, okay. I, I love the score in the movie. It's so atmospheric. Yeah, and really. yeah. I, I like um, I like that the film uh, establishes before even Tool's sober video, the shaky head, <laughs> completely yeah. like defines scary stuff in the nineties. That quickly yeah. shaking head that was cool. The first <laughs> yeah. time that was done. Yep, that's um, it. Definitely iconic. Uh, um, 
Elizabeth Pena was great in this movie. I, I love her. There's work. no She's character a... resolution for her though, Mike. They completely that's dropped fine. the I'm, ball I'm on just saying that. her performance. Yeah, that's true. Her performance though is outstanding. It's yeah, it's really well done, yeah, and I like her work. I always do. So I want to give her credit for that. Um, Very enigmatic uh, character, but you're right. She performs. She performs. I like well. the guy. I love that guy. I, can't, I look his name up, but the guy who? who shows up as the chemist guy. I love that guy. Matt Craven. Yeah. I like yeah. that. I like that Matt Craven shows up twice to do like these really needlessly like needless saves like watch out like he's like already like trying to chase <laughs> get away from the car and like when the other car blows up like matt craven shows up and pulls him like two feet back further like thanks bud <laughs> yeah and you know what's here's a, another thing that stood out to me i'm i'm stretching here but uh Asipate the murkerson uh, as the hand reader the psychic palm reader on oh, the yeah, stair yeah. steps there that was fun i was like oh wait it's Esopate the Murkison. All right. Law nice and order. Consider. Cool. Yeah. You may not want to, especially after this lambasting uh, for the best hour, but check out the deleted scenes on YouTube. They took out what would have been the creep uh, of the entire movie. That is when, uh, yeah, I know I blacked out for a second there. But they, they, for some reason, they deleted it, Adrian Lyons says, because there was just too much horror and I needed to get the story going. Uh, a scene where Matt Craven's character actually says he can uh, treat what the visions that he's seeing about the nightmares, and he gives them this, this chemical solution in what proceeds is the most fucking terrifying scene I've seen in a hell of a long time, and then they cut it. It's on YouTube, though. It's fucking insane, especially if you love Lovecraft. Well, okay. if they're already doing a bunch of uh, needless stuff just to spook us out, they really should have left it in. If it's that. Um, <laughs> yeah, it, you're right. Yeah, there's definitely some Lovecraftian stuff, like that slithering tentacle and the homeless yeah. person in the beginning. It would have been nice to have seen a little bit more of those uh, kind of stuffs. Full credit to them too. No post production for all these effects, so I'm gonna yeah. give credit for that. That's cool. Sure. You know? I, did you did you like? I'm sorry. Were you done? I didn't mean to cut you off. Yeah, that's the that's the bottom line. Okay. Did you like how? Um, so you were angry, so you may have skipped past it. But did you like that when the film basically starts and he wakes up on the, on the on the subway? He looks up and it's like one sign says New York, then the next sign just says Hell. It's like, hmm, I wonder what this movie's about. I actually <laughs> didn't fast forward that part. Yeah, I saw that part, and okay, I just kind of was like. I was so new to the movie, and I was actually so shocked for what I just seen him waking up in the subway. It really blew me away. I was like, fuck. Fuck. So who really stabbed thought... him? I don't know. <laughs> Somebody in the uh, northern Vietnamese army. I don't know. Yeah, was, was it Viet Cong or was it maybe, you know, was it BZ? Cambodian we don't know. rebels? I don't, I don't know. We don't know. <laughs> yeah. someone, someone was it a, was by it Operation a, Rolling Thunder? As Elizabeth Pena's character says, well, winos and bums, you know, uh, bag ladies, winos and bag ladies. Yeah, that's what she, they're just a bunch of they're not demons. It's winos and bag ladies. Like, well, you know, it is New York. It's 1990, but it's not 1990. It's 1974. Is it 1974? Is it 1975? Where are we? Know. Is it hell? Are we watching a movie? Am I even here? <laughs> What's happening? Time to die. <laughs> <laughs> Oh shit. Uh, wait, other good things. Come on, other good things. There's gotta yeah. be something else. Come on, guys. Oh, Dre Jeffrey Kimball's gorgeously dreamy cinematography goes from like super pretty and 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 again atmospheric and dreamy, very but hazy. also very fucking <laughs> terrifying too. Like his darks are fucking black. He he does great work. Shot true romance. He's an awesome DP. Oh, that um, makes sense. That makes so much sense. This is such a true romance, like hazy. Yeah. 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 The filters, whatever they're yeah. doing. Yeah. Filter. Wow. I totally see that. That's weird. Okay. That is weird. I found it interesting that like there's a, a, a moment in the film when we get told that um, Carlson got blown up a month ago, right before Thanksgiving. So you're like, oh, this is 
this is a Christmas film. And then you're watching the movie, you're like, where's where's okay. Christmas? And then Santa shows up to rob him and kick his ass. Yeah. <laughs> that's, it. that's it. That's the only like why would you set the, like, the, the whole thing is set around Christmas for one throwaway yeah. line and like Santa Claus picking his pocket. <laughs> which is one of the highlights of the movie. And when he says that Santa robbed him, that was another thing I really liked. That the look on the, on the orderly's face They're like, well, Santa robbed you. Um, but but also like well, you could have well, why? Why is it around Christmas? What about this guy's back problems? Why? Is there a metaphor going on here? He's got back problems throughout the whole movie. So he's because he's an actual pain in, in at the time because he's like really he's been, been stabbed, stabbed in is that like he's stabbed in the stomach so maybe you have oh, yeah. give him like an ulcer but <laughs> mike that's so funny why why is this back pain subplot no you're right it's a little weird even <laughs> his, even his ex-wife has a back pain subplot <laughs> so she had have the same chiropractor oh, yeah. oh that's right yeah that's right he's telling her all about what she's been saying about him yeah right Shit. i do I, don't, I couldn't find the bed. meaning. I couldn't spinal find the meaning horror? of the back pain, guys. Spinal horror, yes. <laughs> Very vertebrate. Spinal, tonight, uh, spinal tenosis terror. <laughs> There's also this throwaway line where he's like, I sold my soul. And it's like, okay, when, where, why, what? Did that, is that true? Did you? Like, is, this, is that what's happening here? Like, because that's like a big line that comes early in the film. I know we're trying to prop up the movie here, but they really... There could have been a really, really well done and timely, a, t a timeless film, a timeless film that could have been done about uh, PTSD and yeah. war. And, yes. and I know that was, yeah. I know they did, I know that Platoon was made in 86 yep. and maybe that was, you know, we had Four on the Fourth of July was the year before too. So that was kind of being covered a bit. Yeah. The fact that they even yeah. went to Vietnam in this movie at all means that they should have just gone for it anyways. Because oh, guy, he's dealing with trauma <laughs> from a lost son. He's in war. There's real shit here that you could really flesh out. You could still make it a psychological horror, but it could be done with a, a better care and an understanding. And it's a it's a missed opportunity. Definitely not shot in Southeast Asia though. Like you're looking at it you're like, that doesn't look like Vietnam. I've never been there, but <laughs> it ain't. I looked at Puerto Rico. I'm like, oh, that makes sense. How subtle. How subtle is your uh, Wi-Fi connection is a real question. How subtle is it that in hell you work at the post office? Is that like deep? deep oh, yeah. This is right before the post office shootings, too. Yeah. Interesting. Right around the, yeah. Right around the time that like going postal became like a phrase that people thankfully retired. Sorry to have used it. Sorry. Uh, but, yeah. it, but, it, but, you know, for the time it was in common usage in the early 90s. Um, so maybe maybe there is something there that he's in a because like now we don't really look down on the post office the way that they did in the nineties but in the nineties they, they they looked at the, the, that the way they do the DMV now. Beasy. I mean, this is your bread and butter, guys. To me, like this is this is like a horror film, and and I don't I think it is. Even if you guys are the experts, fine, whatever. But let's not debate over the semantics of that. And you already you already mentioned the uh, the movies that you thought was done better but it was still worse travis no no I, I wouldn't i wouldn't say soul survivors soul survivors is significantly worse than, than oh that. it's significantly worse okay it's yeah. fucking terrible horrible what are some other uh you know relatives of this film that maybe were done better can you ghost when the <laughs> same well, writer ghost is, yeah is ghost is more direct and more the plot is much more coherent that's true gives me a lot of appreciation for jerry zucker right here i mean that's um mm. But, I don't know, man. The whole like trapped in purgatory cliche is so played out now. I can't even really think of any. 
Uh, I, I I do wonder if the hospital stuff maybe helped influence some stuff later, Silent Hill and that oh, kind of sure. stuff. Like it definitely. Um, and yeah. so that's one of the things in the film that I think works a little bit against it is that there was a, a, a small enough group of people that were heavily influenced by this film and paid homage to it. And um, so now we've become kind of inured to a lot of the images that are probably more disturbing in it. Ah, okay. Yeah. No, well, you know, I don't know what else to say. I think we've covered a lot of ground. Is there anything we didn't cover here on your notes? Because I think we can call it, you know, time of death. Oh, well, yeah, I, I, let's call it. Who's <sighs> You picked it. Uh, yeah, you picked it. You go. I like Adrian Lyon, man. I, I, I love Flashdance. I'm, I'm not ashamed to admit it, man. And I find it very odd that the dude's last movie was unfaithful in 2002. He's a totally capable filmmaker who does a lot of films about like like i've fucked up complex relationships that i that i kind of miss because i liked his visual style um so i don't know what happened here man like uh i give it credit because it it, it comes out in 1990 where you know we're just at, like the whole 80s slasher freddie jason all that stuff is is just starting to go away so here he comes and uh along with Blatty with exorcist 3 that same year with kind of this new thing, which is like cerebral horror. And not a lot of studios were green lighting that. And a lot, not a lot of people were making horror that kind of was a little bit on the smart side. Uh, so I'll give it credit. Um, but I mean, we got just such a incoherent structure here. The visuals are fucking great, but uh, it, there's no humor in it. Like it's so dour that it, it can't even be fun in like a like a fun horror type of way it's just dour and emotionally exhausting so i can't say it holds up man even though i can appreciate it visually what about the opening they're talking about beating off his black root <laughs> Bing. That yeah that's where the comedy died though like the opening oh it's gonna be like oh yeah we got soldiers fucking around bullshitting yep. hanging out waiting Tim to Robin kill people a lot. he's got ibs or something yeah <laughs> that's funny ha ha ha, 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 ha. Nope, that's it no Vietnam, Vietnam jokes. It's like Hamburger Silent Hill. That's what I'll do. <laughs> Hamburger Silent Hill. That's good, buddy. <laughs> wow. Well done, sir. Yeah, that's right. special. That, that should be the title. Mike, why don't you go next? I think we know which way you're leaning. Well, uh, yeah, you know, as a first-time viewer, this is a challenging film because you just want to have a sense of I like to have a rough idea of why I'm watching movies, I guess. I guess that does matter to me. I like to know what's going on a little bit. Although I can watch a stupid movie and just blank out. But I still know what's going on because it's a stupid-ass movie and I'm blanking out. That's fine. <laughs> but here, right. you, got, you got Tim Robbins. Outstanding. Well done. He's doing his thing. He laughed yep. a bit too much, sure. Yeah, uh, he's, good. But, you know, he's good, though. You know, Adrian Lin's movies are, you look at his IMDb career and it's sex fest you know nine and a half weeks and fatal attraction and unfaithful like you said and lolita this guy's totally so they're supposed to be i wonder if he tried to get because there's sexual tension in a weird way and yeah. in some interesting ways and some you know maybe some honest ways that people don't want to talk about either you know about our hey the devil inside us is you know i don't give a fuck about religion so it bothers me when they try to paint it as like these urges or the devil's urges or you know fuck all that shit and he's trying to do some of that too. Not my kind of thing. Not my kind of movie. Even though I really, I really tried. I, I really put myself into this film. That's Good. I'm pretty upset about it in a, in a sense because 
I thought there would be something useful here with the mental health aspect and the PTSD of soldiers and, you know, the, the drugs and who knows the government's capable of doing anything to their soldiers. I could believe any of this shit. I really could. And even if it wasn't true, if you would have made a fictionalized version of some account that was psychos, uh, you know, ethereal and crazy and, but true to a sense, but you, people didn't know how to deal with it at the time, which is still the case then too. We still don't have a handle on it, but even less so 30 years ago, a lot of missed opportunities. This movie does not hold up. Whew. All right. Um, while it's my moment here, uh, I'd also like to point out that, like, when when you're when your face is covered in shaving cream and you're gonna like touch, you're gonna get the phone, you're gonna like get answer the phone, rub the phone all over your shaving cream face, and like hug your girlfriend, get your shaving cream face all over her, like you get the shaving cream everywhere in the whole fucking house, but where your mustache is gonna grow. What's that about? Um, that's my, uh, why is there a horse head in the fucking fridge? Um, no, so uh, uh, there is, again, like a lot of uh, great imagery here. There is, uh, this is a horror movie and um, it's a thoughtful one. And I respect this movie. I, I am glad it came out. I think that it influenced some really cool shit that came later. I think it uh, is an important film for what it is and when it came out. Um. But if you have this memory in your head of this good movie called Jacob's Ladder, maybe just keep it there in your head and not revisit it. Because I would not say that <laughs> this movie holds up. It does not. Oh, oh shit. That's three for three against. I'm sorry. Oh, wow. boy. Well, there it is. Uh, by the way, I want to give a shout out to uh, Matt from the Is It Matt Safe Craven? podcast. Oh, yeah. No, not, I love Matt Craven. Matt yeah, Craven. I hope he's still, he's still alive, right? Uh, yeah, as far as I know. Good. Uh, but Matt, Matt, my co-host from the Is It Safe podcast, uh, he loved our wolf episode. And he said the one thing we didn't yeah. mention is that wolf is about <laughs> Jack Nicholson turning into himself. <laughs> I don't really know. <laughs> Which is a different take. But uh, he loves wolf. Huge fan of wolf. And he liked our episode. So thanks, Matt. Right. Appreciate that. Thank you very much, Matt. Uh, that was a divisive episode. I hate to even bring it up myself. right now. I, you know, everyone remain calm. Speaking of PTSD. <laughs> Yeah, we, we, we came to an agreement. We worked it out once, Eric. We're good. We're good. We're good. <laughs> uh, so next week, I won't be here. I'm going to be in Arizona, so I'm going to sit this one out. And Eric and Travis are going to... Is Luke coming out? What's happening? Yeah, yeah. Luke is coming on. We, did, uh, we, we hadn't quite realized uh, our full plan last week in our last episode, so there was some misspeaking, I guess, taking, taking place there. So ignore some of the instruction we made last week, because, yeah, this, this coming episode will be our listener's choice episode. You can still um, add to the list. You can message us if you're listening live. You have until Monday, the 11th of October. Um, some of the submissions that are some possible... Films we might watch, uh, choices that people have submitted include things like The Void from 2016, which would be very exciting to me. Uh, Vampire in Brooklyn from 1995, which I can't <laughs> say I've ever caught. Um, Beetlejuice, which would, of course, be a lot of fun. Oh, um, I can't miss classic, that. Classic. I was surprised at how many movies I actually hadn't seen that are considered classics. And the, like, I'd never seen Hellraiser from from '87. I've never fucking seen it, and uh, that's on the list. I'm, you know, wow, <laughs> be really, it's be weird if that one gets picked. Funny Games from 2007. That movie always just the cover box scares me. I haven't watched that. Um, they from 2000. Oh, I did see They. Very not memorable. Mm, hoping that one doesn't get picked. <laughs> uh, there's some fun stuff though. Last Shift, Tusk, The Conjuring. Um, so creep show wolf Creek. So if you, none of those sound like movies you want to hear us talk about, by all means, submit 
submit a horror film to us and before the 11th and we'll choose it live i guess on facebook live i imagine is where we'll do it on monday evening sounds lovely that's mm. wonderful you can email the show cinema nine pod at protonmail.com or dm us facebook twitter wherever anywhere text yeah. people it doesn't matter you only get one submission though so don't fuck around yeah yeah just one just one and luke will be joining us we haven't had him with us since the um uh, place the between other the guys pines, no place between the pines episode uh last time uh he substituted he was on that Eric. one yeah that was that was you me and, and him um, god i don't remember him from that one that's yeah, weird he, well he was there he probably remembers it that was his choice that was my choice and then eric was uh was, was busy so okay all right well there it is thanks everybody we appreciate it we love you all thanks for listening in sorry if it didn't go the way you wanted it to it's still a fascinating movie in certain respects doesn't yeah. mean that you don't have to watch it and enjoy it until next time i'll see you in two weeks you'll see these guys next week keep it real adios